I'm John Hupalo of Invite Education, and welcome to My College Corner. This week, we're going to dig into student loans, a topic that gets plenty of attention from the media. And unfortunately, much of that coverage can be negative, sound bites and stories about defaulting borrowers with crushing debt. But there really is another side to the story. And actually, it's the experience of a large majority of students and families with student loans. They take an affordable amount of student loans, and they pay on time. And when properly used, student loans can truly help students and families obtain the dream of college. But there were the key words, when properly used. In order to use them properly, students first need to understand what the loans are and how they work. And that's a problem sometimes because there are so many different programs in an alphabet soup of jargon and acronyms. Well, today we're going to dig into this a little bit more and flesh out what the good and the and the best way to use student loans are with a financial services expert, a, a woman who has had a long distinguished career working at Northeast Bank, Fleet Bank, and Fidelity Investments. She's held a large number of senior leadership roles at her current employer, Citizens Bank, in sales, branch planning and operations, and product management. A little over one year ago, our guest, Christine Roberts, was named the head of student lending at Citizens Bank, and she's joining me today in my college corner. Christine, welcome. Thanks, John. Thanks for such a a lovely introduction. (laughs) Well, you know, Christine, when we first met, and it was just a little after you took over the reins at uh, Citizens for Student Lending, I remember how excited you were about that opportunity. And you were somewhat of an outsider, frankly, coming into this business line for the bank. What were your first impressions of, of student lending? Gosh, great question, John. I definitely would be considered on the, you know, on the outsider uh, of student lending, having not spent uh, you know, many years uh, within the, this particular industry. In all honesty, I think what was surprising to me is how incredibly stressful it is for families when they're trying to figure out how to pay for college. And I don't think uh, anybody does it great yet on making this an easy process for people, helping them understand what are their options, what are their opportunities, where should they go, um, how much should they borrow. I think it's just become uh, such a quagmire for people right now uh, to figure it all out. And so I think what we're trying to do now is become the leader in helping people understand their options, make this easy, and take the stress out of it, right? College should be something that's exciting and enriching and enjoying, right, for families. Um, And to go into it literally, you know, with tears and sweat um, about how they're going to pay for it, just, it it just doesn't work for us. So we're going to fix that. Well, Christine, we'd like to help you fix that because that's why Invite Education started. We, we, I, unfortunately or fortunately, um, was one of the 25-year-plus folks in the industry, and I stepped back and saw exactly what you did, and I'm glad to know that uh, the bank is, is working in that area to creatively help students. And I think one, one of the big issues, and you, you hit on it, is the stress. And, you know, frankly, um, there's this um, feeling in the industry that, well, a bank is real, here really just to make loans. Um, and that's what you want to do. But you sound and you're saying and what I've seen citizens do over time is that you really want to educate customers um, and what the right answer is. And you touched on a few of those. Can you talk a little bit about what your efforts are in that area? Sure. You know, we're doing a lot from building content and partnership, obviously, with yourself and, and Invite Education to help, you know, the entire what I would call the entire life cycle. Right. From when you have smaller children what should you be saving? When should you be saving? When your kids go to high school, 
how should you be preparing when time comes for you to file your FAFSA? You know, what resources should you be using, right? So you, you get uh, an award letter that gives you free money, not so free money, and then you have your gap, right? And that gap can either be filled by savings, investments, or loans. And so what's the right trade-off given the financial environment? What dollars should you be using from where? And how can you either borrow smartly or borrow as little as possible in order to accomplish what you're trying to do? And so we have some tools and calculators and all of those things, as well as you know training our folks both on the phone and in the branches to be able to have those conversations directly with customers so that they understand what their options are. And th- I, there's one myth that I, I would love to have your take on, and that is that the myth is that student loans are actually bad debt. I've talked to many parents. Actually, I was at a at a checkout at a supermarket, and I got into this conversation somehow. And the, and the checker said, "I don't want my my daughter to have a student loan. She can go get a car loan, and that's how she can have her first experience." And I I just uh, think that if the loans, the student loans, are properly uh, used, that they can actually set the student up or that young consumer up for a really great uh, entry into the what I think is the consumer behavior or, or their first time as a consumer. But do you agree with me that if student loans are properly used, it's actually pretty good debt for a first-time borrower? Most definitely. Um, I think provided that folks are looking at it from what's the return as well, right? So taking out student debt uh, for a degree that doesn't offer you opportunities to grow within the workplace doesn't necessarily make sense, right? But taking out dollars for a degree where you're going to be able to grow in a career, um, earn additional dollars, and use it as a way to begin your your credit history, I think it's absolutely the right way to go. And so I co-signed a loan for my daughter, and, and she's out there and making the payments on time and doing what she needs to do. Now, will that help her when she... When, I guess the question is, how does the bank look at that from other lending perspective? When she goes for her first car loan, her first mortgage loan, will that actually help her in, in the credit decisioning that you and other oh, banks would definitely. do? It would. Most definitely, right? Helping your child establish a credit history, I think, is one of the key things that you can actually do for them, right? You know, it's, it's, a, it's not a great... Um, What's I can't remember the right term, right? But it, it's, it's not a great uh, cycle, if you will, that when you need credit, if you haven't had credit, you can't get credit, right? And so helping your child establish a credit history, once they're on their feet, you know, they're working, they're able to go buy a car for themselves, they will A, get a much better rate if they have a credit history, and B, they, they have a much greater chance of being approved, right? And that would be true for everything. That would be true for a car loan, a credit card, um, you know, a mortgage, should they get to that point, et cetera. So the longer your credit history is, the better, and the more likely you are to be able to get credit. And a student loan, to me, is a great way to do that. Well, I agree with you, and I, I can tell you the evidence with my daughter. She came out of school and had a really great credit score, in large part, uh, because, you know, we told her, pay that interest while you're in school and, you know, get your credit uh, up, and, and, and it's really just a great way to start. But let me, uh, let me ask you this, and you touched on this a few different uh, times now. The, the question about return on the investment in a student loan is, is really important. It's also difficult because you don't know what the job is going to be afterward, but you have a pretty good idea of what the student's aptitudes are and, 
and what they want. So I guess the question is when, when a customer comes to Citizens Bank to ask to understand how much debt they can afford and how do you how do you talk to them about that? Well, it's, it's kind of really two different questions, two different scenarios and, and conversations in that first is what are you going to school for? Right. What are you what are you trying to learn? Where are you applying um, and doing the research with the, the customer to make sure they understand a um, what is the true net cost of an institution? Right. Um, the sticker price, like anything, is not necessarily what you wind up paying. And so understanding what the opportunities are for you in your financial world, in your child's education opportunities, um, what does that net number really look like at the universities that you're considering? That, that then turns to, okay, what are they looking for from a career and making sure you understand um, what's sort of the average starting salary of those careers coming out of college? And does it then make sense to take on the debt? And can you afford to repay it based on what those average salaries are? Uh, and you'd be surprised how many people go into this saying, you know, Johnny fell in love with, you know, University X. And so we just have to figure out how to pay for it. And while as a parent, I totally understand that feeling, you need to have the conversations with your children leading up to, you know, and often, uh, leading up to their college careers as to what can you realistically afford, A, as a family, and then B, as to what their chosen careers or what they're thinking about doing. Um, and if, you know, that also stops that element of surprise that I hear about quite often with families that are, gosh, I don't think we can afford this and we don't want to tell Johnny. And, you know, we've, we've got to start having what I'm affectionately calling that other conversation <laughs> that you kind of have to have, right? The other talk that you need to have with your kids um, <laughs> is really about your finances. And, you know, are you as the parent going to pay it all? Are you going to ask them to take some responsibility? Or like yourself, are you going to co-sign um, on loans, et cetera? And so it's, it's incredibly important to talk to your kids about that. The communication on all these issues, and, and as you said, starting earlier rather than later is, is, is really important. So let's kind of cut right to it. Uh, there, part of the complication that we talked about is just the large number of different kinds of programs. There are loans for students. There are loans for parents. There are some loans where I said we co-sign. Uh, let's just go through them fairly quickly. With regard to loans to students specifically, um, do you agree that the, the federal direct loan program is actually a, a pretty good option for most students? I do. I do think it is. I, I think it's a well-structured program. It's limited in the amount of dollars, right, that they get. Um, and so it's, it's what I would call fairly safe borrowing directly to the student. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. And then um, what, what's the, your thinking just about when student goes to school now, they have three, four, five student loans sometimes. Maybe they're all federal direct loans, which is just fine. What are the options that they have to, again, find a way to simplify and uncomplicate this. They don't want to make three or four different payments. What can they do? Uh, what options do they have to combine those loans? Sure, once they graduate um, or stop attending school, they have the opportunity to either consolidate, typically with their current lender, um, into one loan, which would give them a weighted average of their rates across all of their loans. Um, or they can consolidate and refinance. And so we have, um, within the marketplace, uh, a refinance products 
that allow you to, to you know, consolidate, or if, even if you've already consolidated, you can still refi for a lower rate. Um, I think where student lending finally uh, woke up, right, is um, the better your credit as you get older, the better rates you get. Student lending was you have one rate and you're going to live with that rate for the 20 years, 15 years, whatever that you're paying it off, which is kind of silly. Um, so the private institutions really, you know, we, we got smart and said, hey, wait a second. If I'm willing to underwrite you for other credit at a better rate, why wouldn't we do this with you as well? Um, and so it's a great way to help consumers who have taken out, taken out student loan debt, both federal and private, to be able to consolidate, simplify their payments, um, and get better, quite frankly, get a better interest rate should they qualify. Right. And I agree with, with all of that. The, the, um, the other side of that coin is that you give up the benefits you have in the federal program. And I think the offset, frankly, is you may give up the, your ability to have forgiveness or whatever other um, great um, options are. But if you qualify, as you say, um, you're going to get a lower rate. And you're, it's a, I always think that the banks in this equation are the grownups. Right. They say, OK, this is, you know, you're, you're now at a point in your life where you can actually afford to pay this and we're going to give you a lower rate. The federal government helped up front by saying, look, we don't think the banks will actually make a loan to you in your current situation. We'll do that. And now the banks have stepped behind it and saying, OK, we can help on the other side. It's, it's a huge different, um, I'm going to say, um, significant advancement in the in the lending market for students. It certainly is. I would say I think we've matured. I'm not, I'm not sure we're quite the grown up just yet, <laughs> uh, but I think we've certainly matured in how we view the marketplace and how we look to support consumers. And so I would say even on the private side, uh, you know, the student loans that we offer, um, especially for grad students, et cetera, are competitive with the federal government. Um, and while it doesn't offer you the income based repayment or some of the forgivenesses, and if you're in industries where prevalent, i.e. teaching or medical, that's definitely the first place that you should go and where you should stay. Um, you know, and what's, what's really the right suitable options for you. But what I, what I would say is, you know, what we started to do is try and work with the consumers from a, uh, a protection standpoint as well. So, you know, in the Parent PLUS loan, there's no cap, right? And parents are borrowing in a way that puts them and their retirement at risk if they don't step back and say, hey, wait a second, what, what should my options be and how do I bring it all together in a way that's financially sound for us um, as parents as well? And so, and same thing with, you know, Grad Plus, right? So I think there's opportunities for us to help consumers uh, be better um, and make better decisions for themselves. You know, you said something there that, that's really interesting to me because um, part of the, what I think, frankly, is the bad rap that banks had in the last 10 years with regard to student lending is that there's somehow this uh, this thought out there that banks are uh, have no real concern whether or not the, their borrower pays or not. Um, so there's this other myth, I think, where we talk about defaulting. And, you know, I was in the, the banking business for a while. And, you know, you have to look and say, OK, what went wrong here? Or what went right here? But the question is, I believe that the average student and family, and I'm not talking about the fraudsters, but just the average family, they don't enter into a student loan with the idea that, well, if this doesn't work out, I'm not going to pay. I, I think they want to pay. Do, do you agree with that? Oh, completely. Absolutely, completely. Uh, you know, the default rates within the private sector, so within the banks and other private 
institutions that are handling student loans, you know, as an industry, we average less than 2%. Well, and so just relatively, how does that compare to a consumer portfolio of auto loans or mortgages? Is that in the same ballpark? We're actually better. Um, better. Than the majority of those. I think people take student lending, their student debt very seriously. Um, and it, it is a serious debt. Um, but, you know, we, we find people are uh, committed to their financial futures and to their children's financial futures. Um, and so th with the default rates, even our delinquency rates are, are substantially better, I mean, astronomically better than the federal programs, um, and substantially better than other credit products that we have even within the bank. You know, that, that, that's really interesting because, you know, I've, I've made the argument over time and said, you know, it's, as a banker, it's not good for your career or the bank or your customer if you just make loans for the sake of making loans and have no concern about defaults. And I mean, frankly, um, you know, folks look at me and, and, and others, perhaps you sometimes say, well, wait, you work for a bank, so your job is to make loans. But if, uh, when I say it, I, it's your job to make good loans to help your customers, right? Correct. You know, at the end of the day, I really have uh, two bodies of interest. One is making sure that the consumer is getting a loan that is right for them. And two, I have to answer to my shareholders. And so if I'm making bad loans, my shareholders are not going to be happy with me, right? Um, and if I'm making bad loans to consumers, they're not going to be happy either. So we're not going to grow as an institution if we're out there predatory lending. That doesn't, that doesn't work. And that's not what Citizens has ever been about. Um, we want people to make smart decisions. We decline people, right? We have underwriting standards that basically says um, you need to fit a profile or a vast profile before we will give you this money. And oh, by the way, you have to have an ability to repay. The difference is the federal government will underwrite everyone. Right. Um, and they don't really have an underwriting criteria. And, you know, and that is what the federal government should be doing. But we want to make sure that people are borrowing smart. And so it doesn't make any sense for us to do bad loans. Yeah, I, I understand that. And, and I agree that the high fees, one interest rate to all borrowers, very lax, uh, use air quotes, underwriting standards and no cap on the amount can be borrowed. If a bank tried to make that kind of a loan, which describes the federal plus loan to parents, if a bank tried to do that, uh, the CFPB and others would be in, in the front office faster than you can say hello, uh, saying that this is predatory lending. You shouldn't be doing this. Completely. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. So, you know, Christina, it's really interesting to me um, just looking forward because we touched on a few topics here. And one of the most important ones is this idea that the marketplace is actually healthy for student lending right now. Uh, the banks are making loans to refi loans and, and uh, credit decision, private credit loans to families. The federal government is making loans to students. Um, I'll say I, I actually don't believe they should be making loans to parents under the current terms of the plus program, but somebody else can argue about that. But but right now, yeah. So but but right now, uh, just looking forward, um, w since you started a year ago, and and, we're, and what you see in the next year or two, where do you think the student lending marketplace is going? And I'm going to say, I'm going to put you on the spot politically on uh, what can actually happen in Washington, but also from from the banks, uh, citizens, and others' perspective. Certainly, you know. Student lending is, is a, an important platform for us as an institution, as I think, as well as a, a country. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk 
within Washington around the current student loan programs. You know, and, and let's, let's be candid here right now. Um, the federal government is the largest lender. They are putting hundreds of millions of dollars a year on the books um, in student loans. And it's, it's, we don't have a student lending problem and it's a different topic. We have a cost of college problem, which we need to address. Yes. Um, but what we really have on the student lending side is there's a lot of talk uh, within Washington about, number one, we are advocating that they put a cap back on the federal, uh, federal plus program, the, the parent plus program, sorry. Right. Um, and the reason for that is about, I would say about 15-ish years ago, uh, there was a cap on the parent plus, uh, and then they removed it to allow people to borrow up to the cost of uh, the institution and what it takes to go to school. Coincidentally, once that cap was removed, the cost of college skyrocketed, right? So it was, it was you know, growing at a steady clip to begin with, faster than I think any of us would have wanted. Once that cap was removed, institutions now were like, we can charge whatever because people can borrow, and the cost has grown, you know, astronomically since then uh, by putting the cap back on it will reduce that pressure within the universities to continue you know uh, to be opportunistic um, and to you know raise their prices so number one we are we are working with the the cba to help work within washington to try and put a cap back on the parent plus um, two we're also working for better disclosures you know you talked about fees I think of the probably the 15 people that I've spoken to in the past month around their about their parent plus loans did not realize there was a fee. And so the rate is not a true, you know, true disclosure. They don't have truth in lending disclosures the same way we do um, or we're required to have. Um, and so, you know, there needs to be more transparency on how much it's really costing folks to borrow. And the same would hold true with the grad plus loans. Um, you know, there's great opportunity within Grad Plus. Again, people can borrow up to the cost of uh, going to school. And we think that there's a smarter way uh, for grad students. And the market certainly wants to help support all of that. And then I would say, finally, is really helping consumers um, understand their options. So for some folks, uh, it's actually cheaper for you to borrow in a private parent loan than it is what you can get with the federal government. However, they see the Parent PLUS loan on the award letter and they just think that's the way to go. And so we think there needs to be some changes there for people to really understand what their options are instead of it just sort of being presented as a fait accompli. Yeah, that, that, that's absolutely uh, high on the list. And you mentioned the CBA, the Consumers Bankers Association. And I have to say, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be an apologist for banks and all, but I just think if you look realistically at the numbers, as you said, default rates, delinquency rates against other consumer assets, I think the banks learned a lot um, in that period from 2003 to 2008 about making responsible student loans and, and came back around in the last 10-year period, had just gone out of their way to find what's right for their customers and what's right for students. Um, and there's a, there was a little bit of a sea change there, and the financial crisis helped that. Um, so I'm glad to know that that citizens and others are working with the CBA and trying to get the federal government to frankly rein in some of the bad lending practices that they have. And the result of that will be, I think you're right, lower cost and far fewer articles and sound bites about borrowers who are taking on excessive debt. 
Most definitely. Um, you know, kind of to your point, John, I think if, if banks operated the way the federal government is operating today uh, with student loans, we would be in big trouble. Um, not only would we be, be in big trouble from the regulators, but financially we would be in big trouble. Um, and I think we're, we're doing a significant disservice to consumers who really need help getting on their feet, getting to college, et cetera. And you're almost setting them up to have a really bad credit history uh, from day one, right? And so you're setting up, here's some 18-year-old kid, right, who's going to college, and we haven't put the right protections in. I would prefer that the federal government funds the Pell Grant right. even more. Give them the money to go to school, right, so that they can really spend their time working and understanding and growing their careers and less on, oh, my gosh, I, I have all this debt that I now have to pay. Um, and let the private institutions do what private institutions do best is offer underwriting, offer loans to those who we know through all the algorithms that we have built um, <laughs> will be able to pay. Well, you know, that's a great place for us, I think, to end. We could probably talk for another 40 minutes about this. But um, I think what you're suggesting is exactly right. The, let's let's just step back and say there are some kids who want and need to go to college. They're driven to go to college who will not be able to afford to pay. So let the government make those grants. Maybe there's a loan program for the sort of middle group where you're not real sure the loan, the which I think is actually what's happening right now with the federal direct program. And then when students graduate and they get on their feet, the banks and others can come in and, and make refi loans or, frankly, make loans to students who have a co-signer who are uh, able to make those payments. But your point is, is I think, what, what is so significant, and I want everyone to really focus on that, is that everyone in the system has incentive to try to make students and families successful. Um, and your good efforts to do that um, are really noted. And I just want to ask on, on the way out, is there anything that we didn't touch on that, that you would like to talk about? Um, we, we went through a pretty nice uh, group of, uh, of topics uh, through here, but is there anything else that we missed that you want to talk about? Um, probably the only thing, since you brought it up about yourself, right, um, is that, you know, in the private lending world, uh, parents, 95% of the time for undergrads, parents will co-sign for their kids. Um, and I want parents to know that you don't have to stay on that loan forever. Um, so it's a great way to help your kids stand up um, a credit history, stand up on their own, but after, depending on the program, so make sure you check with the lender. Um, you know, the, over a period of time, provided that your child makes on-time payments for you know, anywhere from two to three years, depending on the program, you can be released from that loan. So I don't want parents you know, feeling like it's a, a noose around their neck for, for eternity, but it's a great way to get your kids started. So. Uh, that's that's true. And to just to, to juxtapose that with the federal plus loan, that's your loan. You can't actually turn it over to the kids. So you're suggesting, you know, you're much better off. Lend your credit while you can help your child get on the feet. They're on their feet. And then everyone's in, in a great position. Well, Christine, I, I, I can't thank you enough for, for taking the time today to, to share your experience and your insights. We're so happy that uh, that you took the reins at Citizens. It's, it's a great institution and you're doing wonderful work there. So thanks for joining us. Thanks, John. This has been great. And I, I hope to come back and have more chats in the future. Well, well, we'll do that. Well, that was Christine Roberts, the head of student lending at Citizens Bank. And as she said, students loans do not have to be an albatross around a student's neck. Smart borrowing can help students get the benefits of college. 
please share your thoughts about this with us and we'll bring Christine back and we'll, we'll talk about whatever you'd like uh, with regard to student loans and, and all of the great opportunities that these loans offer to students. And so you can contact us at podcast at inviteeducation.com. And until next time, remember, saving a dollar today is better than borrowing one tomorrow.